Hi, I'm Dan. I'm a photographer, father and husband. And this is the Booze Break Podcast. This is the show for people like me who find themselves stuck in a loop of drinking more often and in more quantity than they'd like. You're welcome to follow me on my journey to change my relationship with booze and explore ways in which to live a more productive, healthy, fulfilling and alcohol-free lifestyle. Welcome to the Booze Break Podcast. podcast is a diary of my journey taking a break from alcohol as well as looking into different ways to help sustain a break from the booze. We'll be going into the ups and downs as I circumnavigate my way through work, family life and social situations without the hooch. I'll be delving into the benefits of living booze free and tackling subjects such as uh, social pressure, health, identity and alcohol representation in the media. Just a quick warning, there's likely to be some choice language and adult themes peppered throughout this series, so if you're easily offended or have children within earshot, you've been forewarned. Full disclaimer up front, I'm not an expert in any of these fields. My opinions are purely based on my own experiences and a little research. I also want to make it clear that I do not judge anyone based on their relationship with alcohol. Do what you want, drink what you want. But if you're like me and want to change your relationship with booze, whether that be to stop completely, uh, take a break, or just cut down, you're welcome here. Hello and welcome back to the Booze Break Podcast. I am Dan and I'm very excited for today's episode. I want to start off by asking a big favour from you guys though. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or have an iTunes account, I'd love it if you could leave me a rating and review. Um, This really benefits and boosts the the sort of reach of the podcast and uh, it just really helps the the whole show out. Uh, So if you you can and if you you have the time, um, I'd love it if you could leave me a a rating and review. If you are an an Android user like myself, um, it's quite difficult to do. So the other option is to go to podchaser.com and um, you can search Booze Break in there and you can leave a rating on there as well. And that's also really, really helpful. And it just gets the podcast out to loads more people. iTunes um, and the directories love it because they see that loads of people are liking it and they boost it up things like the charts and things like that. So I'd really appreciate it um, if if you can take the time to do that. So a quick update on my own booze break. Uh, I am currently sitting at 42 days alcohol free. Uh, And I got a little notification on my um, special app the other day um, that I've achieved 1000 hours without any booze touching my lips which is kind of cool. I like that. Also to date, I have passed on 207 drinks and saved a total of £415 by choosing not to drink. Uh, Although I will say some of that £415 has gone on alcohol-free beer. So um, yeah. However, I'm still feeling amazing. I've got tons of energy and focus. I'm reading more, which is great. I'm just plowing through uh, my reading. Uh, You know, back in the day when I was drinking, um, you know, I would always be way too tired to, to you know, read a book in the evenings. Uh, my next goal, though, is to try and read in the day. I feel like when I get, when I do go to bed, I can just about manage two pages before the book's falling on my face. So, um, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd like to try and set myself some time to in the day to read. Um, I'll maybe put that into the diary or something like that. But I think that'd be a really good um, kind of uh, habit to get into. My exercise has improved. I'm still, you know, um, you know, pushing myself in on the um, on my bike and going further, going faster. I'm still relatively consistently losing weight. Um, this this week, I 
uh, I did lose about, I don't know, about, I think it was about a pound and a half, something like that. So it's those little marginal gains that, that keep going. And I'm, again, I'm, I'm noticing a big difference in my sort of physical appearance. And um, finally, people are starting to notice as well, which is really nice. You know, obviously it's not in lockdown, so I'm not passing that many people. But uh, I did uh, I did see a friend of mine in the, um, in the town centre the other day when I was with my daughter. And uh, he mentioned the fact that I was looking great and looking slimmer. Um, so that felt good. Uh, another interesting thing is I'm more aware of my surroundings at the moment. I I have um, more of a kind of mindful approach to to life. Um, I don't know wh- whether this is you know just the re- the result of not drinking, but. Um, I'll give you an example. I was sitting uh, with my daughter the other day and, and we were sitting by this local river. We'd gone for a lovely little walk and uh, we'd taken like a, a little bit of food and some drinks. And um, I we, we were sitting there. She was kind of chowing down on her snacks. Uh, and I was just sitting there and just appreciating the moment and appreciating the beauty. Um, you know, I was noticing things like the colour of the leaves and the sounds. And this all sounds very sort of Zen master, but this is the kind of stuff that I'm into now. You know, I, I've got more clarity of mind to appreciate this stuff and just take time to slow down and, and enjoy these moments with my daughter and, and within nature. So I'm, uh, I'm loving that. I'm, you know... I've got more of a peaceful, serene kind of quality to my my life now, which I'm really enjoying. So it's Father's Day coming up uh, in the UK and we're planning to meet up with my parents and going for a, a picnic in a, a park. My parents live about 120 miles away from, from us, so we haven't seen them since before the lockdown. Uh, so I'm very, very excited that we can actually meet up with those guys. So we're meeting halfway and we're going to take a picnic and um, I'm so excited for that. And we're gonna, of course, I'm going to take some alcohol-free beers. Uh, my dad doesn't know this, but I've actually bought him some. Uh, he's a big stout. He loves stout. Uh, so um, I've got him a case of alcohol-free stouts from Dry Drinker. Um, so I'm excited for him to, to try those because every time I mention these alcohol-free beers that I'm, that I'm getting, his ears prick up. So um, I thought, well, I'll get, I'll get him some of these stouts and, and, and see how he, how he does with those. If you haven't checked out Dry Drinker, I will leave a link in the show notes. If you are, uh, you know, an alcohol-free uh, beer drinker, I def- definitely recommend checking those guys out. Um, uh, great service and uh, amazing beers. And uh, yeah, uh, they, they do lots of really interesting combinations of beers. So I'll leave a link in the show notes. If you don't know what the show notes are, it's just that kind of description, um, you know, on the actual episode of the podcast. Um, on things like iTunes and stuff, it doesn't allow links. So um, if you do want to check out any of this stuff, you can head over to the website, um, boozebreakpodcast.com. Um, and you go to the bit that says episodes, you can click on this episode, and all of the information will be on there. Uh, in the show notes for you to check out. I've got a great interview for you guys today. My guest today is Johnny, who is the founder of the brand new alcohol-free craft beer company called Unlimited. Johnny came up in the busy corporate scene in London, which I'm seeing more and more, um, you know, people kind of like uh, who, who kind of come up in that industry, you know, get, get to a certain point and then just completely re- reevaluate their life. But um, uh, Johnny, in, in this situation, his relationship with alcohol was one where uh, I'm sure a lot of my listeners will relate to, um, you know, busy, stressful work life, you know, getting into the office early, working hard, finishing late, um, and then kind of, you know, big time sort of binge drinking with your mates in the, uh, the weekends. 
um, in your 20s, um, you know, potentially that's doable up to a certain extent and you can kind of get away with it. But, you know, as you get older, the, the recovery becomes more difficult, the hangovers become longer and this starts to kind of leak into your you know, your Mondays, your Tuesdays, your Wednesdays. And, and so he was starting to notice that he was starting to suffer uh, from this kind of lifestyle. So Johnny decided to take a break from alcohol after the mother of all hangovers after his uh, wedding day. Um, and this newfound clarity and overall better outlook on life spurred him on to make a drastic change in his life. So Johnny left his um, successful corporate uh, career in London and began his um, uh, journey to create a brand new, amazing alcohol-free beer company. Uh, so it couldn't have been a, a, a more different change in career and life. And this is where Unlimited came from. Unlimited craft beers and non-alcoholic beer. It tastes great and the, uh, the actual product looks amazing. Uh, Johnny's a super, super nice guy and I'm really excited to share his story with you. So let's get into it. Cool. So thank you so much for coming on the show, Johnny. How are you today? I'm good, thank you. How are you doing? I'm very well. Thank you very much. How's lockdown treating you? Um, it's actually been... It's been all right. Um, I've got lots done around the house, which is always good. Um, but it's been it's been a it's been a busy ten weeks, really. Lots have been going has been going on in my life. So, uh, but I'm sure we'll, we'll sort of talk about that. Absolutely. Um, so, um, for those who don't, uh, you know, know you currently, um, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and um, kind of who you are as a person before we go on to alcohol specific topics? Yeah, no problem. Um, so my name's Johnny Johnson. Um, I was born in Enfield in North London. I'm 32 years old, uh, just turned yesterday. Um, I've got, uh, I grew up with uh, one sister, uh, mum and dad, and um, I've got, uh, I got married last year in, um, in Italy uh, to my wife Antonia, and uh, four weeks ago we had our first child. Um, so that's sort of a bit of, a, bit of an overview of me. Um, that's a pretty epic overview. <laughs> um, do you want to do you want to find out a little bit about you know my work and stuff like that, or I'd love to know your background. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, because I, I I I know that you you're currently. Am I right in saying you're alcohol free entirely? Not not completely alcohol free, but I've I probably have an alcoholic drink once every three months, so it's virtually okay. alcohol free. Um, absolutely but I'll, I'll i'll go into that a bit more about you know you know my relationship with alcohol has just completely changed since last year um i probably drank about four times in in the last year so it's um, amazing yeah um, yeah it, that'd be great if you could tell me um if you could talk me through your sort of journey uh in a in a sort of highlighted view from um you know i don't know whenever you want to start until the point where you decided to, to make a big change? Yeah, so, well, I guess I started drinking probably when I was about 15, 16 um, with my mates in the local park with bottles of cider from the local off-licence. Like, you know, I think I was in the era of the Booze Britain, um, that sort of age group where sure. um, everyone used to drink from an early age, get fake IDs, go into pubs at like 16, 17, try and get served. Um, and I spent probably every weekend since I was legally allowed to be in pubs, 
probably every weekend in pubs or bars or clubs with friends, um, getting drunk, maybe not getting drunk, just having drinks. But every week, I'll probably say every weekend since I was about 18, I used to go out and uh, drink, which wasn't sort of, I don't think it's abnormal for, you know, a British person um, in sort of, well, in my circle it was, and it was just sort of, you know, it was just a dumb thing. Everyone used to do it, so. Absolutely. What, what about the, um, you know, like uh, the, because uh, I, I know that you um, kind of came up sort of in the corporate world and stuff. Did that, did, did it kind of just progress from kind of childhood to kind of, you know, adulthood? Because it was in, I imagine you were what, in London or something like that, were you? Yeah. So um, I started, uh, well, I started work at 17. I worked for a couple of local authorities in London, um, sort of trying to find my feet, what I wanted to do career wise. And then uh, it was seven years ago, I um, I got a, I started working in sales in the city. So I had an office in bank. Um, I used to sell bespoke suits to like busy executives in London. Ooh. So going into their offices and measuring them up for suits, uh, shirts and jackets and things like that. Um, so it's a pretty fast paced sales environment. And everyone that used to work at the company was, you know, young, hungry, ambitious, um, very outgoing. So, you know, we'd normally be in the local bar on a Thursday and a Friday night um, as an office. And yeah, you know, normally nursing a hangover on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then back to, back to work on Monday. So I'm finding uh, as I'm going through this kind of process, and since I started the podcast, and since I started my own sort of reevaluation of how I drink and my relationship with it, um, the word corporate world comes up more and more, uh, you know, when, when I'm speaking to people. Uh, it, it's obviously like a breeding ground for like seriously heavy drinking. I'm, I'm sure it's not the number one, but it just keeps cropping up more and more. And I think there must be some sort of correlation between London being in your 20s and sort of the corporate world and sort of just heavy, heavy drinking. Well, one of the, um, yeah, like you're completely right, because in London there's, you know, bars probably every 50 metres down the yeah. road. And I, I had a lot of uh, clients who worked in insurance and the insurance market um, as, as a whole, they, they used to go out for lunches and dinners with clients like every day. And yeah, drinking is a massive part of working in the city um, because it's about, yeah, whining and dining clients, building relationships, but it's all this big, it's like this sort of, I don't know, it's like this fake story that we're told. It's like, oh, you have to drink to make relationships and build yeah. relationships with people. I wonder uh, with London, you know, because because it is so metropolitan and because you are somewhat cut off from the countryside and sort of outdoor activities and things like that, I wonder whether that's got anything to do with it, you know, just that kind of fact that you're in a city and there's shops and bars and restaurants and perceivably that's pretty much all you've got um, and so you're just in, more inclined, you know, for leisure activities. Your, your, your hobby becomes drinking and socialising and stuff like that. I, I wonder whether that's got something to do with it, you know, more so than, um, you know, the, 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 I don't know, the Cotswolds or something like that, something that's somewhere that's got a, a little bit more sort of countryside and activities. And I wonder whether, you know, that's, there's some sort of correlation between that. Who knows? There's something to look into on a future episode. <laughs> my uh, my my mum she lives outside of London and where where I lived initially in Enfield 
it's it's if, if people don't know it's sort of 12 o'clock on the m25 so it's just inside the m25 so you know you're 40 minutes from the city but you're sort of half in the countryside so i've always grown up um, at weekends spending time and going to country pubs and just going being out in the country but then during the week in the last few years during the weeks just sort of I, I moved into the Docklands for a few years and it is it's just sort of you know it's, it's a bubble but then whenever I used to go and see my mum outside of London it's just like this weight comes off of your shoulders you get some fresh air mm-hmm. you see some grass um, and I, that's what been one of the big things for me that especially in the last year about giving up booze, changing my lifestyle. I've moved out out of London now. I'm out in Hertfordshire, and um, yeah, you know, the, a big thing for me was that I just I was I was fed up of being in the hamster wheel in London, going to work, sure. coming home late, um, and now you know I want to walk my dog every day. I've got a little girl now, so you know I don't want to be at work. I don't want to leave the house at five in the morning and get home at eight p.m. at night and not see her. Um, so mm-hmm. that's been one of the massive uh, sort of factors in changing, I guess. For, absolutely. I mean, um, I, that, that kind of brings me on perfectly to the fact that um, what was the tipping point for you? What made you, was was there just a eureka moment or was there a slow sort of gradual thing about having to think about changing your um, kind of relationship, your habits and stuff when it comes to alcohol? Uh, so... Um, I, it came to a head last year. So we got married, uh, me and Antonio got married in Italy in June last year, but we had like a UK party in July mm-hmm. for just people that couldn't make it to Italy. And after that wedding party, which we had in Liverpool Street, the next, well, I, I had the mother of all hangovers <laughs> for about five days. Um, that was the tipping point. Yeah. But leading up to that, um, I was, like I said earlier, I, I used to go out, every weekend two or three two or three days in a row and i started putting on weight since hitting 30 like i used to be slender and sort of quite fit all the way up to my 30s as soon as i hit 30 it's like i just couldn't shift the weight it, yeah, <laughs> every it, time i'd have a drink it went straight onto me it all, so, it all um, comes at once doesn't it well, as soon as you hit 30 I'm, I'm 31 now so we're similar age and um i swear as soon as i hit 30 i'm like joint pains I can't shift the weight. Um, I'm knackered. E- everything that I do has some some sort of um, issue uh, regarding just the fact that you know, just getting up off the sofa. Um, uh, you know, I, I, yeah. I'm just like getting lightheaded and and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, it's uh, as soon as you hit thirty, all of a sudden, all all, all all these kind of body issues just sort of come at you at once. And uh, and like you say, shaking off a hangover. Um, becomes a lot more difficult, I think. You know, when, when you hit thirteen, I'm sure it just gets worse and worse. Oh, of course, yeah. When I'm, you know, from from seventeen till probably twenty eight, twenty nine, I could wake up the next day and just feel absolutely fine. Mm-hmm. So, it, like, it's like alcohol didn't affect me. That's why I could sort of just, you know, I could do days on end going out and getting drunk. Um, but I think as I got was creeping towards my thirties, hangovers got worse, um, and then I just lost weekends. So going back to what you asked previously, I, yeah, after that wedding uh, party and I felt awful for five days and um, I, I sort of had a bit of a realisation because, you know, when you have like, you have beer fear and you have instant regret, your your ment- uh, mental wellness is, 
you know, through the floor when yeah. you've got a hangover, you're Absolutely. depressed, you just, you're ashamed of yourself. You know, I spent days on the sofa thinking to myself, you know, what am I doing? Um, you know, my wife was pissed off with me. <laughs> but I, knew, I knew my family were probably thinking, you know, <laughs> I knew my family, you know, I saw, I saw some videos from the wedding party and I sort of, you know, it's just like, oh God, it's just so embarrassing. Um, so I, at that point, I thought, no, this is, I've got to change something now. I've, uh, I've been there. I'm a wedding photographer. Um, for the, well, I do all sorts of uh, photography, but weddings is one, one of my, the big things that we do. And um, I've, I, you know, I've, see, I've, seen, I've seen those, those grooms and those brides. Uh, and, and you're thinking, <laughs> I better get this portrait session in because they're going to be shit-faced in about two hours. <laughs> uh, and they're not going to behave themselves. And I've, I've been through situations like that where I'm like, okay, let's get these guys while they're good. Uh, and uh, yeah, I've, I've seen, you know, I've, I've had, I've had um, wedding couples go missing, you know, <laughs> during a wedding really? day for hours on end because they're just pissed and they just, they just want to have a lie down or they've been told that they need to behave themselves and some, some cracking speeches as a result. I, uh, yeah. yeah. So, so it, it was essentially, it, it all culminated in, in the mother of all hangovers then essentially. Yeah, it was, um, I like I said, I just felt, you know, I've, I think for the two years prior to that, I'll, the hangovers were getting worse. And, you know, I just think to myself, what would happen? I'd drink on a Friday, a Thursday night, feel crap on a Friday, drink on a Friday night to feel a little bit better just because I was at work in the city. Um, and then on Saturday, um, I'd be hungover in the morning and then my sort of school friends or old friends, I'd go out with them on a Saturday night. So that's sort of the third day. Sunday was just a complete write-off of a day. And then Monday, Tuesday, still feel a bit crap. Wednesday, start to feel a bit better. Thursday, I'd be like on top form, feeling brilliant. And I'd be like, right, let's go out again. And yeah. it's, it was just a, that cycle. And I pro- like I said, I probably was, I did that for about five years. And what I realised was that every weekend, and I'd work Monday to Friday, trying to earn money, trying to sort of, mm-hmm. you know, build up my career. But then my actual free time, that I had to myself to sort of work on myself, I was, I was just a waste of space. I was in bed. I wasn't. Whenever I saw my family, I was hungover. Um, I wasn't an alcoholic by any stretch of the imagination. No. But you know, I was. I was a probably. I was a. I just used to be hungover a lot of the time, and you know, I think I just. Um, I got bored of you know having that picture painted of me. Absolutely. Yeah. So you would be. Um... Would you sort of? It's difficult to class um, types of pe- types of drinker, but are we, are we the kind of person mm. that wouldn't necessarily be that fussed about drinking on a daily basis? It would be more of a big a big hit at the weekends. Do you think? Yeah, it was. Uh, like I said, if I my, my thing was about four pints, so mm-hmm. I, I could have, I'll go out with a friend um, or some work colleagues, and I'll have a pint, have a couple of pints. If I got to four pints. That was like my tipping point. Yeah. Uh, then I could stay out till five in the morning. Um, so I sort of, I think I just, my, I lost my inhibitions and sort of lost control a bit after four pints. When I get drunk, I just probably, I was a completely different person. Um, but before, you know, I could go out for a couple of pints with a, with a friend on a Saturday and not go out and get drunk. But even a couple of pints, I realised, affected me. Yes. Like the next day. Um, so it wasn't even really about getting drunk. It was just even drinking affected me. Just even a couple of drinks. 
Um, but I'll, as we talk further, I'll, um, I'll sort of, I'll, I'll let you know what what I found out when I was researching all this stuff about alcohol free. So, well, that that was actually gonna. I was gonna um, sort of go on to that actually. So, um, you know, you've made this decision. You go, okay, the I need to change things up. That this isn't how I want to be. Kind of living my life, for, you know, sort of from now on. Um, and you, you sort of you know come have this, I guess, an epiphany moment. Um, what what route did you go down in terms of like did you have did you like seek out support did you have friends that were going down this route um you know and it, or did you just go was it just cold turkey let's just have a have a have a stop well it's uh, a good question because um a, a, a colleague of mine uh, a guy called Ian he's he had a, an old school friend who I'd met a few times and we'd been out you know probably a year before me and me and his friend and his friend was a big boozer like a you know, he was he was quite a big lad, quite chunky, um, drank loads, was a good, you know, fun guy. Um, but I heard, so I, he wasn't a f- direct friend, he was a friend of a friend. I heard that he'd given up booze. Um, and when I was speaking with Ian about, you know, I think about sort of stopping drinking for a bit, he said, well, speak to Andy, because Andy uh, hasn't drank now for eight months. Wow. So I said, all right, I'll, I'll go and have a chat with him. So I called up Andy and I said, look, can we have a little chat? I've heard you've given up drinking. Anyway, when I saw him, he'd lost five stone in eight months. Shit, the bed. That's crazy. Yeah. So he, he's about 5'10 in height. Um, and he was just, he was obviously just swollen and, you know, f- sort of full of beer, really. Um, but when I saw him, he was five stone lighter, which, you know, completely knocked me off my feet. I just couldn't believe it. He was just like a completely different person. But when I was talking with him, what was amazing was that his laser focus. Yeah. And he was so switched on. And he had such conviction in talking about going alcohol free. He completely sold. He's like the best salesman. This guy. <laughs> I, 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 so I worked in sales, and I was like, "You've I've completely been sold on this." He just he just spoke about all the benefits, how much better his life was from not drinking, and um, he told me to listen to uh, a podcast actually. So it was a podcast that really changed everything. Um, it was the Rich Roll podcast with uh, Andy Ramage from One Year No Beer. Yeah. The, well, the, the one year no beer are huge supporters of the the show, and ever since we um, we started this, and and um, you know uh, listeners to the show will know that they were my um, you know sort of support, and and still uh, continue to be my support networker on this kind of booze break journey. So they're, they're Andy and uh, Ruri are amazing guys, and and you know I think most people that, that will be listening to this podcast will have will know about the Rich Roll podcast as well it's like it's it's legendary isn't it but i I'm, i know exactly the the episode that you're talking about and it, it really really connected with me as well it's amazing yeah it was because um it, andy was talking about his life in the city um going out with clients getting drunk and you know he kept referring to um, himself as like the moderate drinker which again it's sort of like most people that i know are the moderate drinker they're not mm-hmm you know full on alcoholics or they're not teetotalers they sort of they just drink you know casually quite often and um so i listened to the uh, that podcast and i was like okay right i'm going to i'm going to quit for oh, he obviously referred back to one you know beer and um, so then i went on to their website read a little bit about it and they had like the 28 day challenge and 90 day challenge and i thought to myself well at the chap that told me to listen to the podcast andy he said um Try and give up for 90 days. Set yourself a target. So I thought, all right, I'll do 90 days. Um, 
and then let's see if this if this is what he's telling me is true. Um, so that's sort of where it began really. And then um, I used to, on the training to work and from work, I used to listen to podcasts. I'd never listened to podcasts before this. Um, no, before this point. I didn't even really, I didn't really understand what they were. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was It was amazing, you know, because, so I listened to these one, you know, peer podcasts, which is very similar to like what your podcast is about. And it's, um, it was interview after interview with people that had given up drink and there was one underlying message to every single interview was that your life got better, you felt better, um, you were happier, more energised. So, you know, I, I thought to myself, this can't be bullshit, what, what this one guy's told me, because everyone's saying the same thing. Yep. So, um, I, set, so I, I set out for 90 days. I didn't think I'd be able to do it. Um, but in total, in that streak, I did 112 days. Um, I used one of those can, uh, counting apps and then it, it tells you how much money you save and all this sort of stuff. And um, so, yeah, I got to 112 days. Um, and then that, that time that I drank, um, I can't remember what the occasion was. I think, so my best mate, Alex, um, we've always gone out and got drunk together. And mm -hmm. I hadn't, see, I basically, I did see him in that first 112 day period, but I was so adamant that I wasn't going to drink. But after I'd done the 90 days, I thought, Do you know what, I'm going to have a drink. Because mm -hmm. um, I've done my 90 days, um, I thought, I'll, I'll have a drink, um, just to sort of, you know, I, I, I did what I set out to do, and I had four pints, and I, the next day, I instantly regretted it. Really? Yeah. Well, even the first pint that I drank, I because I haven't, hadn't drank for so long, I, I was put off the taste of alcohol. Because I, was got, I got used to drinking alcohol-free beers for three months, um, when I had the first alcoholic beer, it was like, do you know when you accidentally spray aftershave in your mouth? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you have that really strong, like, yeah, yeah. that's what the alcohol tastes like. So I didn't really enjoy it. <laughs> but after four pints, you sort of, I forgot. But then the next day, I felt crap. Really? I felt really bad and I felt, God, I've just wasted, um, you know, that whole streak. But then again, I, then after that point, I didn't drink for about another 111 days. Um, absolutely yeah it's interesting what you said about you know the just just from four pints which you know my drinking days would be a warm-up you know uh it, it's yeah. it's not not a huge amount of alcohol at all and i barely feel the effects of it but it's amazing after just 90 days your tolerance to alcohol severely reduces and i think that's one of the huge advantages of taking a break is the fact that um you give your body a little bit of time to re-establish the norm um, you know in terms of your liver function and, and what you can sort of intake uh, so if you do decide to go down back down the route of um, you know perhaps moderate drinking which I'm, it was like the holy grail it's it's like social smoking for smokers um, the, the the sort of holy grail of just like having a beer or a couple of beers every now and again as opposed to what I was doing which was every single day having excessive amounts of alcohol not to the point where I'm blacking out but to the point where it's starting to become a health risk, essentially. Um, so, yeah, it's it's nice that you can uh, kind of get to that point and, and then just go, okay, my body's readjusted. I can reevaluate and my tolerance is, is much lower now. So, you know, one or two is probably enough, you know, and only occasionally. So I think that's the idea behind taking a booze break. Or, and, and, you know, with the guys that one year no beer, they'll, they'll kind of, um, you know, further this point. It's just about 
pressing that reset button, which I think is a great way of looking at it for sure. And I think, I think one of the, the, the big things about it, because like I said, I've, you know, I quit for 112 days and then I, I've drank in the last year about on four occasions. So I'm not completely alcohol free, but, but compare, if you ask like my friends and my family what I was like before and how I am now, so I will actively choose not to drink alcoholic drinks. Yeah. And there, it will come to, there'll be like an occasion and I might have a glass of wine if we've gone out for a dinner. Um, but I do that very far, a few a few between mm-hmm. these sort of times now. So, um, but I would always choose now to have an alcohol-free beer mm-hmm. just because I just, yeah, life is, I, I, I think I realise that life is just being wasted away. Absolutely. Being hungover and it's... Um, Especially, you know, getting married and then my wife getting pregnant. That sort of, it was just like, right, I've got to stop. <laughs> yeah. And you'd strike me as a very ambitious person. And um, uh, my kind of um, thoughts on alcohol is, um, or, you know, my previous ideas with the fact that, you know, um, alcohol gave me, I used to think that alcohol gave me all these amazing creative ideas in the evenings where I would talk to my wife, we'd be sitting on the sofa, I'd be three sheets to the wind, like, pretty tipsy at let's say 10 o'clock and I have these amazing discussions about what we can do and what what the what we can do with the business and the challenges and all these amazing things you have all the all the best will in the world and then the next day you're feeling a bit fuzzy headed you're tired and you do fuck all about it and uh that, that was that was me every single day and you know so I'm it makes me think you know I've been a moderate to heavy drinker since my 20s since my early 20s really um, you know, as soon as I could afford to drink every day, I did. I think about all the things I could have done in that decade um, of having amazing ideas and never doing anything about them. I think, where the hell would I be now? I, I want to move on very um, uh, very soon to um, your very exciting new um, business, which uh, I absolutely love. But first, I want to give a quick shout out to the good folks over at One Year No Beer. One Year No Beer have been instrumental during my booze break journey. I signed up to the 90 day challenge on there and the help that both Ruri, Andy, as well as the One Year No Beer Facebook group have given throughout this time has been so valuable. By signing up, I was given access to a ton of helpful resources as well as their amazing Facebook community with over 20,000 members. I get an email first thing every morning with a video highlighting a helpful tip or useful strategies to use throughout the day. Watching these has been such a positive way to start my morning routine and I can't thank them enough. I love One Year No Beer so much that I reached out to them recently and they kindly agreed to help support me in the podcast, which I'm so grateful for. So if you're interested in following in my footsteps and taking on either a 28-day, 90-day or 365-day challenge, you can head over to my website and on the homepage there'll be a One Year No Beer banner that you can click on and sign up for your challenge. I can highly recommend the guys at One Year No Beer and by signing up through my website you'll be helping to support the show, which would really mean a lot to me. But for now, back to the episode. From you know, taking, making a decision to go alcohol free for an extended period of time. Did you come across any like negative um, kind of interactions, you know, with that? Did you, did you, did you see mostly support or mostly kind of negative reactions? Yeah. It was probably 99% negative because, you know, 99% of people that I knew drank. There's only one person that I knew that didn't drink and that was a cousin of mine. But, you know, the majority of society drinks, right? Yeah. So, when I when I decided to quit, um, obviously my work colleagues that following week were like, "Why are you not coming out?" Um, and I was like, "You know, I'm not I'm not drinking." 
but then you know they persuade me to go out, so I'd go. But then I'd drink like a, oh, it used to be cranberry and what was it? Cranberry, cra- just cranberry juice. Yeah. And then I'd be instead of having a beer in my hand or like a Guinness, I'd be standing with a red drink in a tumbler, and they're like, "What the hell are you drinking?" I'm like, "Just cranberry juice." And then, then you know, it was all this attention was was put on me by the group for not drinking, and everyone's saying, "I'll just have a drink, just have a drink," and then. Because I was, you know, known to be sort of one of the party fun guys who get, get drunk. So then I just had to stop going out because I just could, it was just got too much. And it was, there was, it was all banter, but sure. it was, you know, it was, it was sort of just digging you out, digging me out a little bit. And um, what I was realising was that it, it felt like, not that I was sort of superior in, in any way, but I, it's like I knew this secret that no one yeah. else knew. And, you know, because everyone drinks, everyone sort of thinks, oh, it's not an issue. But then because I hadn't been drinking and I started to feel feel great in myself, I was like, no, I'm definitely, I'm not going to drink, I'm not going to drink. And then people just wouldn't understand it. Um, so, and then even my best, my best mate, Alex, who I used to go out, you know, he's the one that I've gone out with every weekend for, for years, uh, telling him that I wasn't drinking. It was like, it was like, a, you know, I'd broken up with him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he, you know, he, he looked at me, you know, dead in the eye, like upset. He's like, well, who am I going to get drunk with? And yeah. it's like, look, mate, it's like, <laughs> it's, it doesn't matter. It's like, I'm still here. It's like, we're still having a chat. You know, it's just not going to turn to that point where we're shouting at each other in two hours time, you know, um, and then stumbling through our front doors in, you know, in the early hours. I'm going to be going home in, a, in an hour or so. So there was a lot of negative, negative, um, negativity towards me about not drinking yeah. but that's completely gone now it's um it, I, I, it's sort of akin to like leaving a job role it's like we'll still be friends but i just don't work with you anymore uh you know it's like it's like yeah. an end, yeah. it's like the end of an era um you know nothing's yeah. changed apart from the fact that there's this 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 part of our relationship doesn't exist for the time being um yeah and yeah. like you say it, it's it's well-meaning and it's banter and it's and it's and it's ribbon and I think it's a I I can only speak from experience but I think it's a little bit more difficult for men to accept it in their friends um you know that they're that they're making a big life choice uh you know you know you know what blokes are like uh, any I mean it's been a long time since I've had hair but anytime I had a you know a haircut that he was, was even slightly different to the one I had previously they're just like you got a new haircut Dan it looks shit yeah. you know and he's just like oh, fuck off you know <laughs> it's like it, yeah, yeah, there's always yeah. going to be that little bit of men- mentality that you've got you've got to you can't just be instantly you, uh, you know the bloke that's like oh that's great I'm so supportive of you well done you're a, you know no, you're, exactly, you're, a, you're yeah. a god um, it's it, it's diff- <laughs> you know it's difficult so you, you're yeah. always going to come across that and I think you've got to have thick skin for that for sure um, but it's really interesting the point that you, that you brought up because I brought it up in a, in a previous episode uh, in episode three, um, we're talking. We talk about um, your identity around alcohol, and the fact that for this particular break, whether you decide to go alcohol free forever or for a, for a certain amount of time, for me, it's just a certain amount of time. I just don't know how long. Um, and mm-hmm. the um, I had to really consider the fact that my identity as a drinker was the thing that was kind of holding me back. And built into that identity was a group of friends. Was it was a, a social scenario where we drank and I was boozy and 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 there was lots of stuff that kind of connected me to that and I think in 
in a lot of circumstances, if you've if you're doing really well and if you've got this amazing process and you're feeling great and you're looking great and you don't want to wreck that, I think you've got to protect that. And a lot of times it, it does mean pulling yourself away of certain social situations, at least for the time being, um, just to protect that. Um, so like you say, sometimes it does mean you, you, you can't go out and it's, and it's, and it is, it's fucking depressing being there with a the cranberry juice, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Uh, it, you know, yeah, when, yeah. In, on the few times we've all been there with dry January with a, you know, if we're the only one that's not doing dry January and you've got a, a lime and soda, you're thinking, I hate this, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, so the, one of the funny things that happened, uh, you know, it's probably in the first month, um, I, I, we had a, it was my auntie's 60th and all the family got together at um, this, this house in, um, in the Cotswolds. And I've got quite a big family. There's about sort of 30 cousins and things at this house. And that was the first event that I'd been to where I hadn't drank. Um, I've been to the pub and not drank, but like a, like an event, like mm-hmm. a party. And I felt really uncomfortable for the whole time because people were drinking around me. And it got to like 11, 11 p.m. midnight. And I was stone, stone cold sober. And I was talking to that one cousin who um, who doesn't oh, yeah. drink, and we were having a very in depth conversation that I've never had a conversation like this with her before, like in all my life, because um, I've normally always drunk when I've been when I've seen her. But everyone was getting drunk around us, and I I sort I remember confiding in her, and I was sort of thinking like I feel so boring, yeah. I feel like I've really turned into a mm-hmm. boring person. And she and because she's never drank, and she said to me, she goes, "You're not boring, John." She goes, "You're just not acting like a tit," <laughs> and that for me. I sort of like it was a bit of a bit of a light bulb moment. I was just like, actually, yeah, no, I'm still me. I'm just not the outrageous version. Yeah, you can rein it in. Um, you know, it's it's, yeah. it's a more reined in uh, version. Like you say, it's it, it's it's still you, except um, you know, you can go to bed early and wake up in the morning, and you can hold a great conversation still, and you're not just saying the same thing over and over again or going over that same like like anecdote that you you know I remember that time we did this and it's the it's the story that gets brought up every time you're pissed with that particular group of friends you know um yeah, it's, yeah. You, you become you become something different for sure and I I, I completely agree because like I said I haven't gone completely alcohol free I've drank since um but I, I think my no the message is that not sort of stopping alcohol or stopping your sort of alcohol consumption a little bit how much better you feel in yourself and how much like I yeah, anyone in my family in my friendship group was to say that I'm like a complete I'm probably 10 times better than I was when I used to drink um, just because I've got so much more stuff done I'm more productive I'm happier and I'm less like you know I don't snap at um, people as much because I'm tired mm-hmm. it's like but but without having that break I wouldn't have seen like the like it's like a, a light bulb turned on it's like well this is it's like the matrix it's like i just stepped into this new world and i was like wow this is what it could be like i just want to take a quick break to let you guys know about my patreon so if you're liking the content that you're listening to uh, on the booze break podcast you can actually show your support by going over to the booze break website which is boozebreakpodcast.com Right at the top there, there's a little button that says donate. You can click on there and it goes straight to my Patreon page. This is where you can actually 
pledge a sum per month to help support the the show and me first of all that's really generous and and thank you but also you do get um some benefits to that as well different tiers that you can um go to there's actually this legend warrior and godlike behemoth with the legend tier which is just seven pound fifty a month uh, you can actually get access to new episodes before they get released on their official release dates and uh, you can cancel this at any point of course you're not tied into anything necessarily with the uh, Warrior tier, which is £15 a month, you get early access to the episodes, you get a, a coveted Booze Break sticker and access to the private Facebook group for people who are on a booze break and, and want to join a community and help support each other and with you know, with positivity and hints and tips. And then you've got Godlike Behemoth, which is £30 a month. If you donate that, you're an absolute star and, and I can't thank you enough. With this, you get early access to episodes, you get a shout out on one of my podcasts, uh, you get the Booze Break sticker, you get access to the private Facebook group, and you also get an epic Booze Break t-shirt as well. So any support that you guys could give would mean a huge amount to me. Uh, notoriously, podcasts don't don't earn a great deal. So any bit that you can give would, would make a huge difference and it just keeps me motivated and, and able to be producing content and taking the time out to do research and, and put these episodes out. So I thank you. Back to the episode. I'd like to take this um, topic uh, in, a, in a different route because I'm very excited uh, on the podcast to open a bottle of the, the coveted unlimited beer. And I've noticed you've been sipping one. This is no good for people who listen, who are listening, but I'm going to crack this one open. And I've never done this before. This is like, this is like beer ASMR. So this is, this is unlimited lager alcohol free there we go (laughs) whatever that'll probably never make it in but we'll see um, i have to say um because when did you guys launch unlimited beer it was on the first of june first of june i i literally as as soon as you guys launched i I put my order in for my uh for my 12 uh unlimited um craft lagers and I've been loving them. The the colour's amazing. The taste's amazing. Um, I just wanted to uh, briefly because I because w- were you a lager drinker previously? Was this the reason why you went down straight down the lager route? Because of course there's so many options, isn't there? Yeah. So um, initially, you know, to me, lager has always been the drink that I would pick at you know at a pub. Um, my mate Alex is an IPA drinker. Um, I never I was never sort of a big. I'd always pick a lager over an IPA. So that's why. I'll start with something that I, you know, I truly like. Yeah. Um, but the next product we're releasing is an IPA yeah. because I know how popular they are. So, what made you go down the route of creating uh, an alcohol-free beer? So, um, well, it was probably about two to three weeks after I decided to stop drinking. Um, I missed beer, uh, and I missed the sort of just the taste of beer. So I uh, started to. Um, well, when you when I went out with a friend to go and have a drink, I asked for the alcohol-free option, and it was one of the big brands yep. um, that we all know of, and they just to me they just uh, no didn't taste great. Um, so I spoke with uh, Andy, the chap that sort of convinced me to stop drinking, and he said, "Oh, you know, check out like the dry drinkers of the world and these online retailers that sell just alcohol-free beers." So did that. Um, ordered like 20 different um, uh, different brands of alcohol-free beer and I was actually amazed. So my when I drank Big Drop uh, lager, I was 
like stunned. Yeah. I thought it was amazing. Um, and I thought, blimey, that is like, that's exactly, that to me just tasted like a normal beer. Mm-hmm. It didn't taste like an alcohol-free beer. Um, and I thought that's brilliant. But what sort of, what got to me was that in most bars, pubs, restaurants, there'll just be the two big brands. Um, and that just annoyed me because I didn't want to have to drink like a lemonade or, you know, because I, I just didn't like those alcohol-free beers. No. So I would drink like a lemonade or cranberry juice. So um, anyway, I started researching more and more into alcohol-free beers and um, because like it felt like I'd woken up from not drinking, um, I had a lot more energy, I was a lot more focused. I've always wanted to start my own business and working in the city, like I said, I used to leave home about half five, get in half five in the morning and get home at 8 p.m. And I just got tired of that lifestyle. And I thought, oh, I want to have a bit more control over my life, so I want to start a business. So I was so interested in alcohol-free and, you know, the whole, you know, there's a whole arena of things that you can do in alcohol-free. And I was thinking, do I do I start a podcast? Do, you know, do I be <laughs> sort of like, a, like a motivational speaker and go to like groups and sort of talk to people about, you know, reducing drinking makes you feel better. And I was trying to work out a business that I could start. And then I thought to myself, well, what what annoys me it annoys me that I can't get a good alcohol free beer in in bars and pubs and things, um, but I know that there's good ones out there. So I thought let's start a start an alcohol free beer company, <laughs> mm. and because um, I worked in my my I, uh, I had seven years sort of sales experience, my background sales, and I sort of thought you know I'm not a brewer, I don't know how to make beer, but I can I'm you know I'm passionate about the benefits of not drinking and I can sell it sure. and I thought to myself if I've got a product I can go out and I, I I wanted to make it my mission to get good alcohol-free beer into as many bars pubs and restaurants as I could mm-hmm. that was sort of my that was my mission and then um, and then from that point I uh, I spoke with some people in the industry I, I found some people that helped sort of create recipes um, now, alcohol-free recipes are very hard to sort of find, people that you know focus on that, but I found a, a master brewer, um, and I've been working with him since sort of September last year, developing the lager. Um, we did about five, six runs of uh, different recipes to get it right, and um, yeah, and then you know we've we, we did all the branding, we got all the website, we trademarked it, we've done all that sort of stuff, all all the business stuff in the background, and yeah, launched uh, just over two weeks ago. I've always been fascinated, and and I hope you can answer the question: um, How do you actually create alcohol-free beer? So there's a a few different uh, ways of doing it. What you know the big brands, as far as I'm aware, that they they sort of dealkalize uh, their beers, where you'd brew a normal beer and then at the end you boil it and you burn off the alcohol. So that's dealkalization is one way, but I think you know, from my experience, those drinks they just have a certain taste to them. They have like a linger, which I don't. Re- that's what I didn't like. The difference is instead of boiling it off at the end, you actually the alcohol you. you it's exactly the same brewing process as when you brew beer, but you just stop um, the sort of the fermentation process when it, you know, the alcohol never exceeds 0.5%. 
I've got you. So you're just like you're just nursing it the whole way through, essentially, so that it, it never gets over that 0.5. Exactly. And previously, some of the issues, those you know, that you can never really get a lot of flavour when you do it that way. But there's new techniques now where you, you know you put in more hops, it gives it more flavour, um, and you can still get a really decent flavoured beer um, that doesn't mm-hmm. exceed 0.5. Um, and again, that was a, that was one of the other big sort of questions for me when I stopped drinking was that uh you know a lot of the alcohol free drinks are 0.5% and I was like mm-hmm. well that, I feel like I'm drinking again yes but then what I researched is that you know apparently bananas can have 0.4% in orange juice can have 0.5% in yeah I, I I came across that fact the other day yeah bananas crazy I know <laughs> um but then you know and then I, I said to this Andy guy because uh, he was like he said he used to drink these drinks and I was just like, but don't you feel like you're cheating because it's 0.5? And he was like, no. He goes, because you, know, you, you can never get drunk off 0.5. Is it, you know, the science behind it, and this is where I studied loads, and there's been all of these um, tests that have been done by universities where, you know, your body basically processes the alcohol, you know, as quick as you're drinking it at 0.5. Oh, I've never thought about that, actually. Yeah, I just assumed if you, if you, if you necked like four... You would have two percent alcohol, like beer, essentially, no. but it doesn't work like that necessarily. Well, no, there was because with um, a study that I read, you know, like a four point five percent or a five percent beer, uh, it normally takes your body half an hour to process it. Whereas a zero point five, it's you know, as quick as you're drinking it, your body's able to combat it, and you know, so it's it just it never really affects you. Um, but just going back to something that you said a minute ago about. Um, one thing for for me about giving up drinking is that you know sometimes and I think this is the same for everyone. Sometimes you go out and you'll meet a friend just for like to have a couple of beers and then you'll go home. And I used to think to myself, so you're not actually going out to get drunk, right? No. But but you're going out to have a couple of drinks, socialise, and then come home. What I, what my what I sort of thought to myself was that I'm not going to get drunk. So if I can drink a beer that doesn't have any alcohol in, that's not going to affect me in any way, you know, I'd much rather drink that over an alcoholic beer because those two beers, even though they wouldn't make me drunk, mm-hmm. they would affect my sleep. I'd wake up the next day. I'd feel groggy. And yeah, and it's, it's whenever I've done that, um, similar kind of scenario, even if it's just going for lunch with the family and, you know, you've gone to, a, you know, a restaurant at lunchtime and, you're having a pizza and it's like, mm, I'm going to have a beer, um, you know, but just, just because you can. But then I have it and, and I, you know, I would instantly regret it because I think I don't really feel up for the rest of the day now, you know, and it's, it's only one o'clock and I've got my daughter here. I've got my wife here. I'm kind of done with being out shopping now. Can we go home and just veg? But of course, you've got a whole day of parenting and doing stuff and chores and stuff that you, you've still got to deal with. And um, yeah, it would it would just completely break my motivation. But of course, you've got all the other added benefits, you know, when you do go alcohol free of the fact that you can comfortably drive home, um, you can comfortably go back to work if you need to and, and still crack on with your day. If you've had a lunch, you know, with your colleagues or something like that, there's going to, there's, there's so many benefits um, to, you know, but you still get the same, I still, I feel like you still get the same sensation. It's, it's a very adult yeah. thing to drink, isn't it? You know, beer. So and some people would 
would rather just go completely away from alcohol-free products because that might be a bit triggering for them, which I completely understand. But for people like myself, I still love having a, a, a beer in the evenings. And, and I mean, it, it was a very rare occasion since um, since my daughter's nearly three. Um, I, had a little, I had a little play on the Xbox last night and uh, it was amazing. <laughs> and it's not happened for months, it feels like. And um, yeah, cracked open a couple of unlimited beers and it just felt right, you know, and it's, you know, it, it, all of those things kind of factor into the fact that you've, you've still got that thing of having it in your hand and, but it's, it's not got any of the sort of negative benefits. In fact, I was doing a bit of research and there's actually some very positive um, benefits to your alcohol free beer, which I would love to um, uh, shout out. It's 20, 23 calories for a bottle. That's amazing. Is that right? I know. When I when I send it off to the the lab, once we once we finalised on the recipe, and I was like, yeah, this is it. Then we obviously had to, we had to send it off to get the nutritional values. And uh, when when the results came back, I was just like, wow, that is yes, it's a light lager, so it's not like a heavy bodied lager. So I knew it was going to be on the lower side, but yeah, I think it's I think it's one of the lowest um, on the market. So, um, but yeah, so in effect, it's sort of you can have quite a few. Someone. Um, commented yesterday on on instagram saying it's got less calories than an apple oh wow that's amazing and yeah so instantly like you know again i'm trying to look after my weight i'm sure a lot of people are um especially when they get into the 30s like me and you johnny you know it's it all counts doesn't it you know all these calories count and um you know so 23 calories that's not bothering me at all you know in you know can have three or four of those and, and I don't feel too bad about my decisions uh, when it comes to uh, weight loss and stuff. Can you talk me through the name Unlimited? Where did that come from? Have you ever seen the film Limitless with Bradley Cooper? I don't think so. Mate, you've got to watch it. So hopefully some of the listeners have, have watched it, but Limitless, it's got Bradley Cooper in it. One of my favourite movies and um, yeah, this guy, he has this pill and it he like, he learnt, he, he basically, everything that he's ever taken in uh, in his life sort of comes back to him so it's like you you hear about your brain receptor you know we only use 10% of our brain and this pill opened up the rest basically and this guy became like superhuman so he ended up becoming like uh, on the, on his way to become president or something of America but um, it was his film Limitless and it's about you know he had limitless potential from taking this pill and that's how I felt from not drinking I was like I always used to say to my mate Alex I was like I feel limitless and he wishes to take the piss out of me because it's like it's ridiculous, but <laughs> it is. I felt, you know, I was I was more switched on. I could, I could read situations better. Um, I felt more intelligent because my brain wasn't cloudy from a hangover. Yes. Um, so I felt limitless. Um, but I think there's a beer in America called, uh, called Limitless, so I couldn't have Limitless. Shit, <laughs> they got there first. <laughs> but. Um, but then I was working, um, uh, you know, I was, I was throwing this around to family, friends. Anyway, we came up with uh, Unlimited and just writing different variations of it. And it's just like an abbreviated industrial looking version is how we sort of spelt it. I love it. I love the branding. I love everything about it. The bottles look incredible. Um, the first thing that, that attracted me, you know, being a photographer was the um, the promotional images are incredible. Um, big shout out to your photographer whose name I completely forgot, but I did follow her. Um, and and she's a uh, Tara Tara Lion Lion Darius. I'll uh, I'll link to her in the in the show notes because her work's amazing as well.
you mentioned that um, you know, the goal was the kind of going into pubs and, and, and you know, having it as an option and stuff. Is that, is that happening? Yeah, so um, obviously, you know, when it was sort of mid-March, uh, the plan was to, uh, once it launches, to go out to, you know, bars, restaurants, wholesalers of bars and restaurants, sure. And then, and then coronavirus <laughs> happened. Um, so yeah, so yeah, the the big uh, mission is to, as soon as things reopen, is to get it out there. Um, yeah, so at the moment, um, you can buy it from the website um, www.unltd. So like unlimited uh, dot beer, b w e r. Um, and then there's a couple of online retailers that have. Um, bought some stock is crafty af oh yes so if you don't the thing is some people might not want to buy 12 bottles off the bat sure. if they haven't tasted it so the um, i want to get into the other online retailers because you can buy one or two uh, so yeah crafty af has got it and uh low or no low or no uk i'll have i'll have links yeah. to all of these in the show notes and i'll get all of that um officially off you on that point you were saying about you know um, unlimited because it's a light refreshing drink it is uh, you know we launched it because of the time we were launching it for the summer um, when the weather's great it's it, it's also a sort of a great drink if you're um, into your fitness and you're going out running or cycling it's a very refreshing drink afterwards which is sort of good for you because it's rehydrating um, but then releasing the IPA it sort of we that's going to be in about six to eight weeks Ooh, and then not long then no not long um, we're already we've already done one batch of it, um, one test batch which we sort of tweaked. Um, but sort of going f- through the seasonal months, we'll have like the IPA, which I, I it, for me personally, I sort of relate to a little bit more coming into autumn, and yes. then like say for winter, like the stouts. So we'll mm-hmm. have seasonally we'll we'll be releasing new stuff. Have you got any others on the cards? I know I know it's it's early days still, but. Have you got any other kind of ideas of, of different types of beer that you'd like to do? Yeah, there's there's loads actually. So the IPA is obviously what we're working on at the on the uh, on at the moment. Um, in a probably in a silly way, my um, so I just had a um, our first daughter was born four weeks ago, and she's called Rosie. Yes, congratulations. Thank you, Rosie. That's a beautiful name. Thank you. Um, and so well. Back one step. So with the IPA, what we're going to do with the branding is going to be, I think you'll like it. So it's just going to be a slight tweak to what we've done on the lager um, without giving too much away. Um, but I want to, I maybe want to sort of do like a rose infused flavoured beer. Ooh. Just in, just, that sounds interesting. just because my daughter's called Rosie and sort of, you know. <laughs> but Why not? Yeah. Um, yeah. So something like that. But also I want to make um, an even healthier beer. So this is pretty good because it's low calories and high in vitamins, but um, I think we can do some, we can, you know, improve it even more. But there's loads of loads of stuff on the, on the horizon. I um, We're going back um, a step, but I totally gel with what you said about the um, having um, uh, a healthy um, kind of alcohol-free alternative after something like a run, which is just, I've done it. I've gone for a run um, and just like in the afternoon and just cracked open a beer and just felt like, what have I done? Yeah. You know, what, 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 what am I doing? I just wasted all of that, um, uh, you know, exercise on uh, a ton of calories and, and, and alcohol and stuff. And it's kind of like, it's almost like a balancing act. Um, but yeah, I didn't feel, I, I went out for a, a nice long bike ride the other day, um, really hit it hard. And then um, 
got back, cracked open a beer, sat down in the garden for a second and super light, super refreshing. Didn't feel bad about it at all again. You know, it's such a small amount of calories uh, and no alcohol. I, you know, I could have done anything else for the rest of the evening. I wasn't just stuck drinking then, if you know what I mean. Well, that was um, that was one of the big um, things that I realised when I was researching about alcohol-free beer is that, you know, because alcohol dehydrates you. And but alcohol-free beers, it's not just my beer, it's, you know, a lot of the alcohol-free beers, they're, they're a rehydrating drink. So alcohol-free beers, even though they're called beers, they are healthy drinks because, yes, like you say, after exercise, they're perfect. If you, if, you, if you play football or if you go on a run and you have a beer, a normal beer afterwards, you're just dehydrating yourself more. But you have mm-hmm. an unlimited or any other alcohol or some other alcohol-free beers and you drink them, it's like drinking pints of water. Yes. Because it's still, it's hydrating you. It's there, I think there's Erdinger. Have you had that one? Yeah, I've heard Erdinger, yeah. So they've, um, they're like an isotonic, um, which basically means like rehydrating. And um, yeah, so that was, that was a, I think that was probably the, one of the reasons why I started this because I'd, I don't think people market alcohol-free beers as healthy, like healthy beers. And I was like, why? Well, you, I mean, you blow my mind because I never even thought about it. I, I, I've up until this point, I've never thought of, I've never associated even an alcohol-free beer with being healthy. I just thought of it as being healthier, mm. um, as in, you know, it's not because you know, if if we get to, to the root of the issue, alcohol is poison. It's all it all it ever does is damage. Um, and there's some side effects that some people um, enjoy in small quantities or or in a lot. Um, and but yeah. I've never even thought about the fact that, yeah, it's got way less calories than like a can of Coke. And I, w- I wouldn't think twice about drinking some pop after a meal or, or whatever. And I never even thought about that. You know, it, the fact that it's genuinely good f- for your health. That's amazing. Well, if you think about, you know, the ingredients that go into it. So there's barley, wheat, oats and hops. They're all like natural uh, products, right? And normally with a with a, an alcoholic beer, the alcohol kills off all of the, the, the nutrients. Um, you get all the flavour, but it kills off the goodness. Whereas an alcohol-free beer, because the way that we brew it and the alcohol never exceeds that amount, it means that all that good stuff is still in the liquid. So it's there's loads of minerals, um, loads of minerals and vitamins in in the beer. So um, Hardly any sugar either. It's like almost no sugar, which is the, you, you just the, the, the thing that you associate with, with beer and especially beer is, and people don't realise it, it's, it's, there's a shit ton of sugar in beer and wine, um, uh, alcoholic uh, beer and wine uh, that people don't realise. And that's why when, when people come off a, um, you know, they go down a booze break, they don't realise that they're actually addicted to sugar, more, probably more than the alcohol. And they find themselves just craving sugar and, of course, craving, craving the alcohol. So, it, yeah, it makes a huge difference. But, yeah, you blow my tiny mind with that. I never even thought about <laughs> it. Uh, it's good. Give me another excuse to go, to go out and buy more alcohol-free beer because I can say to my wife, it's healthy. It's good for you. <laughs> It's funny what you just said about about the sugar because when I when I first gave up um, drinking last year, um, I found that I was eating loads more chocolate, and it's because I had that sugar deficient or that you know I was missing sugar. So it was it was amazing. I was because I'd I'd eat like a two bars of Cadbury's like big bars a day, just because I was craving sugar, and that was yeah that was uh, it's amazing really. It's fascinating, isn't it? You've got, you, you don't, you're not just dealing with one issue when you stop drinking. You're dealing with about two or three, you know, two or three yeah. addictions. Um, what did your uh, family and friends think when you set up Unlimited? 
because uh, it's I guess it, I guess it was such a big difference from your previous career. Yeah, um, I think because my my job I had a pretty good job what I was doing I was doing all right um, doing okay at it. Um, I think initially people were thinking like oh he's not going to do this he's not going to follow through with this this is just one of your you know your pipe dreams yeah um, and uh, and because everyone drinks or majority of people drink people are thinking why alcohol free beer it's naff you know so I think people were a bit sceptical um, but now, now it's here they're sort of like oh you actually did do it yeah and, and you've done such an amazing job and but like I said I, th- I think I think you've you've come at, you've come in at such a good point because I think it's a movement really this alcohol free um, lifestyle. I'm going to um, move on uh, from from the beer for a second. I just want to talk about um, y- yourself, Johnny, just before we wrap this up because I feel like I've I've taken up so much of uh, your time and we've we've delved into some amazing topics. Have you got any big major goals? aside from Unlimited, you know, going forward, you know, just per- personal things, you know, now, now that you've uh, got this new, cleaner, healthier kind of uh, lifestyle? Um, yeah, I suppose the my biggest goal is to um, just be healthier by uh, exercising more. So, because I spent the last seven years probably abusing my body and, you know, not being healthy and not exercising, Um there's no reason now that I, you know, I just want to be in peak physical health, especially now because I've got a family. Um, I think that's my major goal. Obviously, the business is a big goal, but the the most important thing is your health, I think. Yeah, you've got to make up for some time in terms of health. Exactly. Exactly. So that's what I'm, that's what I'm going to focus on. I love it. it and it, yeah, I think your health definitely comes into the fore when you have a child for sure um you know i really abused my my body my liver everything um you know through my through my 20s because um fuck it you know i've got nothing to you know, got yeah. got nothing to lose i had you know i i i got I got my wife we're having a great time we're living like we're students the whole way through our 20s and 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 we're having a great time and then you have a child and then everything just has a completely different perspective, you know. And um, it took me a while, to be fair. You've done a, you've done an amazing job by getting to this stage at this this early point because it, you know, it's taken me up till up till now. My daughter's nearly three to kind of go. Okay, I really need to behave myself now because I, I do want to be there for everything, you know, yeah. um, and and be present as well. So I think you've 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 done an amazing thing there. What's been the biggest benefits um, to you from changing your relationship with alcohol to, to how, how you used to drink? You know, what have you noticed about yourself, whether that be health or, you know, productivity or, or mental, whatever? There's like the the list is endless because initially sleep was the, the first thing I was, you know, I used to wake up tired. But when I gave up drinking, I woke up like and I was energized, so sleep was a massive positive change. Um, then that then resulted in me being more productive. Um, I've, I've weirdly, I've became like, I've, I think I've got OCD now for cleaning. So okay. I've become a super, <laughs> I've, become, I've become a super clean freak, uh, which my wife hates, because I'll just tidy stuff away and she just doesn't <laughs> know where I put it. Um, um, but no, this, so healthier, sleep better, more productive, um, my relationships have improved. That's been one one of the biggest, 
most positive things uh, that's happened. Um, because like he, like he said, I used to sort of, I used to get short or snap at my mum when I used to see her just because I was tired. Mm-hmm. Um, now I'm like a delight to be around. My wife finds me quite annoying probably because <laughs> I'm always <laughs> like upbeat. Um, <laughs> no, this, like, the, list of, the list of positive stuff is endless really. It's really interesting that you said sleep straight away um, because it's it's such a big topic at the moment, isn't it? Sleep, how much sleep we're getting. And it's become this untapped resource of, um, it, it's almost like the, the fountain of youth, you know, people just weren't sleeping um, enough. And, you know, it's been linked to, the lack of sleep's been linked to things like Parkinson's and dementia, um, cancer, um, you know, crazy stuff like that just through lack of sleep because your body needs that time to regenerate um and i completely agree 100 uh, before before we close off the um the episode if you could give one tip to anyone looking to take a booze break what, what would it be uh it would be to set yourself a daily or set yourself like a goal and then goal of how many days that you want to stop for okay because you could say, you know, the, the one year no beer thing is like the 28 day challenge or the 90 day challenge. You've just got a target to work towards. Mm-hmm. And um, so set a number because you can drink afterwards, right? It's, you, you're completely in control. If you want to drink, drink. But give yourself, set a big enough uh, break goal, like 28 days, 90 days. Stick to that. And um, just to help motivate you during that time, listen to podcasts like this. Oh, bless you. <laughs> no, but honestly. I haven't paid Johnny to say that. <laughs> but that's what helped me. Um, that's what really helped me. For this, you know, one year no beer. Um, they're just, it's very, it reminds you why you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, so that's what I'd, I'd suggest. It's knowing that you're not the only one and that people are going through similar things. And um, and there's, uh, there's so many out there uh, for lots of different scenarios. And another caveat to that is getting involved in social groups as well. I think that's been a, a huge help for me. And uh, I'm always shouting out the, the one year no beer guys, not only because they support the show, which I really appreciate, but also their community is fantastic. And I had a, a thing the other day and I am a huge hypochondriac and uh, I used to suffer terribly with health anxiety. So any symptom I had was instantly the worst case scenario. You know, I'd, I'd always worry about this kind of thing. And they've, they've been absolutely amazing in, in kind of um, helping me through this because I, I had a stint the other day where my eyeballs hurt. And that's, I know that's such a weird <laughs> thing to say. Um, and I, and it had been bugging me and I'd, I, was, I was getting headaches and my eyeballs were hurting and I couldn't quite work out what was going on. Um, so I just put this message up in a group. I put, I put a video up there and, and I just explained the situation. And, um, and everybody was like, yep, totally. At the 30 day mark, I totally had eyeballs that hurt. I used to get headaches. You, it's just your body kind of adjusting to, um, you know, to, to this difference um, and things like that, you know, and it, and it was, and it, and it was, it was really, it's really empowering to go, okay, cool. I can relax and just focus on what I want to, you know, what I want to do. Um, uh, yeah, it, 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 the, the, the group allows you to kind of just, um, you know, be part of that community. And I think that's absolutely fascinating and, and, and really beneficial. So that's been, that's, that, that's always been my uh, sort of top tip. I, I was just going to say, cause I, I know, I think most people that do give booze a break, they do feel alone at some stage because the majority of people 
in society still drink, right? And it's it's only when you go and speak to these like why do you know beer groups or listen to these podcasts and you actually think, Oh, I'm not alone. You know, you've you've got support. So completely agree the support groups are definitely something to get involved in just to uh keep you going because otherwise you can find excuses to stop you know give up yeah and i think that to some extent they're your accountability as well aren't they you know if you become friends with somebody who is also um you know not drinking through these social groups whether that be online or otherwise um you know it's a bit like having a gym partner isn't it you don't want to let them down by not turning up on monday morning for that for that gym session same kind of scenario you know you want to support each other and push each other to you know to, to be the best you can be and, and, and that's that's really ben- beneficial as well so thank you so much uh, johnny for coming on the the show it's been a long one i really appreciate your time i've just loved talking to you for listeners who don't know um where's the best place to find you guys um so the website's uh, unlimited.beer so u-n-l-t-d dot b-e-e-r um we're on Instagram, Facebook, and then uh, there's also a couple of online retailers that have recently stocked up as well. So, brilliant! I'll put everything in the show notes for the um, uh, for the listeners who, who want to go and check that stuff out. I highly recommend um, picking up a case of uh, unlimited beer. It's it's got my it's got the Dan Moore seal of approval for sure. But uh, for now, I, I love the business. Uh, it's been so lovely to speak to you, Johnny. Um, I can't wait to see what's next for you guys. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you, Dan. Thanks for having me. All right, so that was the interview with Johnny Johnson from Unlimited Beer. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, once again, if you have the time, I'd really appreciate it if you could leave me a rating on and review on iTunes. But for now, thank you so much for listening, and I will see you in the next one. Peace!